everybody is doing well, even though I know your brackets are busted. Good, good Lord. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, the, my take going into the NCAA tournament this year was other than Gonzaga and Baylor, and I guess I think I said Illinois, I'm not considering anything an upset because it is such a weird year in life and college basketball no longer has the heavyweights the way that they did in years past. You know, there's just not as many great players, college players, I mean, at the top the way it was, you know, back when I was a kid or, you know, growing up watching the sport. Um, and anyway, combined with the fact that we have the pandemic, this whole weird situation, I have anticipated crazy upsets. We're having just that. My bracket is a mess regardless. Uh, hopefully everybody's doing better than that. Um, in any event, fun podcast here for you guys on uh, this. I'm talking to you guys on Sunday night. I talked to our pal Mark Bullock, who, of course, is doing his own film work right now over on Substack. You can go check out, if you're a Twitter person, go check out Mark's uh, bio on Twitter for his uh, for his work. Uh, like I said, it's on Substack. He's breaking down film and everything there, so go check him out. And it's I believe it's at Mark and at Mark Bullock NFL on Twitter. In fact, I'll just double check this while we're talking. Uh, yeah, at Mark Bullock NFL on Twitter. So Mark and I talked uh, earlier today. We got into uh, sort of you know obviously we talked about free agency. Got Mark's view on um, on on what like say the William Jackson signing means for Jack Del Rio's defense. We got into some positional needs uh, that are still on board. Linebacker, what do they do at safety? Because could Cam Curl flip around? And we got we talked quarterbacks as well. So check all that out uh, here in a few minutes on the Standard Room Only podcast. Uh, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on uh, iTunes, Spotify, all the fun places. You can check that out. Uh, speaking of subscribing, I will just say that I have a new post. It'll be up by the time you hear this uh, Monday morning on The Athletic. It's a depth chart sort of reset, a roster reset, I guess you could say. Um, and I do kind of go in and make some, you know, get, give some thoughts and predictions about kind of where things stand now. I do have a fun tidbit in there with regards to the quarterbacks. I'm just going to leave it at that. Hopefully you guys go check that out. And if you are not a subscriber, it's a great time to get in there now. You can do it for a dollar a month. When you click on the article, it'll give you that deal. Just make sure that you click on my article. <laughs> so uh, if you're if you're a Twitter person, I'll, I'll tweet out the story tomorrow. Or if you go to the Washington team page, the Washington football team page on The Athletic, you'll probably see it. It's, again, a roster reset. Uh, check that out. I think you guys will find it interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it here probably later in the week uh, as well. Um, all right. So uh, I don't have a ton here to get to really at the top. I kind of got into some of the fun stuff. With, with Mark, I mean, I guess all I can sort of say at this point is, again, I'm talking to you guys on Sunday night. Uh, you know, I'm not anticipating any other big ticket items out of this team at this point. It is a little bit odd to me that the Curtis Samuel deal has not published yet or posted. Like, we know it's done. He has already signed it. That's why we were able to talk to him on Friday. And that was a fun conversation we all had. We spoke uh, with him about, you know, coming, reuniting with Ron Rivera, talked about Terry McLaurin. All that good stuff, um, and I guess I can get to that here in just a little more in a second. But it's it's when you go to like the various over the cap or spot rack, it doesn't show the full amount of what Washington has available in free agency because Samuel is still not showing, and it's odd because you know we already have details on like Kenny Galladay. He he signed a massive deal with the Giants on Saturday, and we already have the the annual breakdowns on that and some other details. Got nothing on Samuel yet, so I'm not taking that as something went wrong i'm just it's just curious I, I, i'm not sure why that's the case um i'm gonna have some thoughts but none i can share with you guys at this moment so we'll see anyway in any event so um to that end you know they're not gonna have the 21 million i think that's showing right now on over the cap of a, a tick less i imagine samuel's gonna take a uh, a very small salary here in year one uh because that just seems to be the trend and then go from there. Uh, obviously, Washington, as we know, the, as Mark and I will talk about this, you know, linebacker is an obvious need. Uh, you know, there's a couple of guys out there in the market, not a ton. Cornerback, there's a lot of guys still available. And Mark and I kind of get into some options there. But, you know, by and large, I, I don't think there's going to be too many other significant moves. And we know that Ron Rivera has said that 
part of what they want to do is make sure that they keep their own, resign their own, extend their own. And so with the money they have left, you know, you, you do still need some of this money to spend on draft picks uh, for, for your draft class. And then you're going to have, you know, like I said, are they going to extend Jonathan Allen? Are they going to extend Morgan Moses? These were things that I discussed in uh, in my plan for Washington going into free agency. I think Allen to me seems like a no-brainer, not just because he was he had a really good year last year, he's a good player, but they've got the, you know, four defensive linemen in a row that they picked in the first round. All are going to be in this same scenario, you know, fifth-year option, free agency. By locking up Allen first, then you gives you a little more room, I think, when you're looking for, down the line with Deron Payne, Montez Sweat. Um, they're going to obviously keep Chase Young barring the unforeseen. So um, it's not realistic, as I keep saying, that for, to extend all four of these guys. But if you extend Allen, then I think it makes it gives you a little more leeway going forward. But in any event, there's something to keep an eye on here with regards to, to uh, what's going on. And, you know, again, not only do they need some starters, there's some depth as well. And again, Bullock and I will we'll get into uh, we'll get into that. Um, by the way, if if I you missed it, I did talk to Les Carpenter with the Washington Post. Uh, that went up Friday morning, uh, and we got into a lot of a lot of free agent talk as well, so you can check that out. Um, all right, and uh, you know I know I haven't been talking too much about the Wizards lately. I just have not been paying enough attention to to be honest, because I've been dealing with free agency and all that. Uh, but I will be talking to uh, probably Fred Katz this week over on his podcast, Wizards After Dark. So if you do want some Wizards talk. From me, you can check that out, and we'll see maybe um, with the deadline coming up. I mean, I'll, I'll just say the NBA trade de- t- trade deadline is is coming up here, and I, I I I'm not saying the Wizards won't do anything. I'm just saying I, <laughs> I I if they do a deal where they're trying to like make the you know be be one of the top ten teams, which now for the for the NBA playoffs means you get in the play on playing tournament at least uh, or playing uh, games. If that if that's what they do, they if they trade somebody a younger player for an expiring contract just to try to get into the top 10 i'm gonna they'll be annoyed <laughs> I, I don't necessarily know that they're gonna do that i do have a sense that though that they're open to trading some players including troy brown mo wagner um uh, I, I think that's in play ish smith i've mentioned before if not here on fred's podcast would be an obvious player to move because you already have russell westbrook and and uh, netto at, at point guards ish smith i wouldn't Whenever he comes back from his injury, I honestly wouldn't really be playing him much at this point. Neto's been pretty solid, and that three-point guard look that Brooks had was just terrible. Um, so there's no real room for him. If they move on from Troy Brown, I don't know. I, I, I like some of Troy Brown's game. It hasn't really worked here to this point. I don't think Scott Brooks is a good coach for him. So, But if you're going to get rid of Scott Brooks at the end of the year, then I don't necessarily know that I'm looking to move Troy Brown, uh, especially not for an expiring contract. But anyway, that's just me. Again, more on the Wizards later. We'll get back to talking more about them a little more regularly. Uh, but, you know, it's just been a busy time here with free agency. And then, of course, the draft is coming up. Plenty to get into there. And I will uh, start having more drafting podcasts. I already have a few thoughts lined up that I think you guys will enjoy. So be sure to check that out. And there will be more podcasts this week without doubt. All right. Let's uh, let's stop uh preamble here let's get to my conversation with mark bullock a fun one uh right now here on the standard room only podcast all right joining the podcast from across the pond he is our go-to uh film breakdown analyst but he's also he's also now the uh the long-haired uh, film breakdown analyst mark bullock i mean um, I haven't. I don't know if I, when the last time I physically have seen you. We're we're talking over Zoom, and I can see you. Your hair is much longer than on your picture, and your boyish yeah. your boyish picture on the uh, <laughs> on, on 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 Twitter. I, I, obviously, you're embracing the the lack of haircut. It's not as easy to get a haircut in 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 the the pandemic time. So you're just going with it. Yeah. Well, the the Twitter profile picture is not that old. That's only two years old. But I haven't had a haircut since. Uh, I think it was like January 2nd uh, in 2020. So we're talking uh, closing on 18 months, I guess now. Uh, so yes, it is getting quite long um, and it is very annoying at the back. And I, uh, I don't know how people with longer hair deal with it, but uh, I'm managing now until we're, uh, we're at a time where I can kind of trust going to the barbers and getting it cut. Um, but I have considered... Uh, getting some trimmers and just buzzing it all off and getting rid of all of it. But I haven't, 
haven't quite got to the point where I'm like, I'm sick of it. I need to do that yet. I mean, let's be clear. It's like, it's like, we're talking like it's shoulder length. It's not like down to the floor or anything. <laughs> Fortunately for you, it does grow down. My issue is, as, as Mark can see, mine, I haven't had one in about two months. Mine grows right. up. So yeah. like it is, it is, it is a, uh, it is a challenge. I would, I'd let it, I would have let it grow this entire year if it went the other way, but alas, I had to work it out a couple, a couple of times. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll let Mark diagram uh, his, his haircut strategy, but we're going to talk about the Washington football team strategy in a bunch of different ways, obviously. So Mark and I are talking Sunday uh, late afternoon at this moment in time, the last thing Washington has done of any significance was, the, the Curtis Samuel signing, as well as, you know, that was following up the, the, the William Jackson signing and the Brian Fitzpatrick deal. Obviously, I've already talked about a bunch of those on the podcast. We'll get into some of that for sure. Um, but you can, of course, go check out those uh, podcasts as well. But I, I thought with Mark, we'd, we'd go into some different directions, starting with what what might be next. Um, you know, technically, I don't, Mark, I'm not, I'm not going to assume you have big, big thoughts on the additions of like linebacker David Mayo or the re-signing of Lamar Hill, uh, you know, Lamar Miller, I mean, sorry. Um, uh, you know, th they brought back uh, David Sharp at tackle, David Steinmetz, you know, or not sorry, David Steinmetz, he's already on the roster. What am I saying? Um, anyway, Danny Johnson's back. I assume we can just move on from all that. Those are training camp depth kind of things and back of the roster guys. Um, yep. For me, the biggest need coming in beyond quarterback coming into free agency was probably linebacker. And it remains a screaming need still, because I'm not that worried that they lost Kevin Pierre Lewis, but at the same point, like he was a guy that was starting for them last year. I don't think David, David Mayo has some starting experience, but my sense is he's a, just a depth guy. So yeah. they need one, if not two guys to come in and play. Cause I personally think John Bostick was playing too much. I don't think that's happening in, in free agency, though, at least not in a major way. I guess you could sign anybody like they did with Darby last year to a one-year uh, contract for small money. And, you know, there's a couple of names out there. But what, what's your sense of linebacker at this point? Like, if, at this point, what, what, do you, what, do you, what, what do you, like, view how – you, how are you viewing that position? Maybe you don't view it the same way I do that it's a screaming need. Uh, I, I think they certainly need to get some people in there. Um, I, I think the big question is the the will linebacker or the weak side linebacker, because um, as you say, that was the position that Kevin Pierre-Lewis filled. Um, and even if they managed to get Pierre-Lewis back, they, they probably need to upgrade that spot. Um, and now without him being there, it, it makes it the, the biggest probably need on defense aside from maybe free safety. Um, so... Yeah, there, there certainly needs something there. Um, I, I don't dislike John Bostic. I, I kind of see him as a solid guy that you can kind of get by with. And he's a decent Mike or a middle linebacker, and, and he um, he does take some risks sometimes, but the defensive line kind of allows him to take some risks, and, and sometimes it pays off. Occasionally it doesn't, and it, it creates a big running lane. But um, he's, he's solid, I think. He, he's obviously not spectacular, and he's not – your middle linebacker of the future that runs the defense for the next 10 years, but he's, he's solid um, and, and you can get by with him. Um, and, I, and I think if they can find a quality starting will linebacker, and that's probably something they'd have to address in the draft at this point, um, then I, I think you can get by with, with Bostic as, as your Mike and, and, and maybe Cole Holcomb that they seem to like Holcomb and, and he played pretty solidly as the Sam or the strong side linebacker. Um, so I think if you went into the season with Hulk and Bostic and uh, a rookie at, at the will spot, then you'd be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm assuming, I know just cause we talked offline the other day that you, you're not up, you're, you're, uh, you've been focused on free agency, not the draft. So you're not necessarily up to speed on all those guys. And honestly, I'm not really either um, hoping to dive into that more in the next you know few days, but just having, you know, looked at some mock drafts and just, you know, fiddled around with a couple of my own. Like the good thing is at 19, as well as on day two, they're going to have options. Um, I yeah. obviously, I can, you know, when, when, when we talk about these things, like you're going to have options or, or, or there's not a lot, or I like guess you can't project. We're just talking, I can't tell you who, who will exactly be available. I'm just saying based on the number of players projected at that position in those ranges, it would be the, the odds of none of them being available are low. So somebody will be there for them, whether that's at 19 
or they have the one second round pick and they have two third round picks. So I think based on that, they're in a pretty decent position. And I think that's probably one reason why they did what they did. I guess I was a little surprised perhaps they haven't done anything yet in linebacker. Cause that's one position that really got uh, smashed in free agency. Um, other than Matt Milano, really almost nobody signed any significant deals. KJ Wright's still out there. I, I kind of wasn't viewing him as somebody for this team um, because he's an older, an older guy, but I, you know, at this point, who knows, I would imagine he'll get a better deal with somebody um, he's the biggest name out there and everybody else is just sort of, uh, you know, there's a couple of the guys, BJ uh, Goodson, I want to say, I don't have my list in front of me is another guy. Yeah, I think that's right. Is another guy that's out there um, to keep an eye on. So um, I, I guess if they draft somebody, let's just say for argument's sake at 19, regardless of what that guy is, but let's just say it fills the need that you were just describing. Are we feeling good enough then about the backups being Kalik Hudson Mayo, you've got uh, a couple of the guys they added like late in the season for like a you know sort of like more special teams than anything else. Because I'm almost thinking this is like if I'm going to say what's the position they draft two players at, I think it's linebacker because I could because yeah. I could um, argue other than if we just say that Hudson is part of the future because he was a pick. I don't know if anybody else on that in the linebacker room right now is like oh I ha- they have to keep that guy. Yeah, for sure. I I would I would go with that. You, you, you could certainly. Um say they, they probably need two linebackers because they need some depth. Um, I, I was looking more from a starting perspective. I, I think you could spend an early pick on a linebacker if that's 19 or if it's the second rounder um, there, or even a third rounder, that's fine. But um, I would certainly expect them to come back on day three in the fourth or the fifth or, or whatever round and, and, and find another linebacker that could at least provide some depth and, and some special teams options. And obviously linebacker is typically a, a special teams position as well. So um, they could certainly look and, and look to draft two linebackers um, with, with one being uh, an early pick that you think can start and contribute right away. And then a later guy being a, a, a more of a depth option that you can develop and, and could play some special teams for you. So you have guys like Jordan, I don't know how to say his last name, Kunisik, maybe, one of the many Carolina guys with Carolina ties who came on last year, but mostly for special teams. Josh Harvey Clemens is going to be back after opting out last year. Now that he was with a different coaching staff, so we'll see, you know, just because he was here before doesn't make, he's new to the new staff. So we'll see if, if that does anything. Um, but yeah, linebacker to me is definitely the biggest issue. Um, so just looking at the other, needs I'm, i'll just throw out them all and you can i'll let you pick where, where you want to discuss okay you already mentioned free safety there's an, arguably you could say they could make a case for a left tackle high in the draft um or i would even maybe make the case for a guard if you if they can if they think hey we're not going to get a deal with Dylan brandon sure but just leave it at that uh <laughs> there's also then depth ish questions right now at tight end um cornerback without you know right now there's only three corners that we kind of know that play corner for the most part and then honestly backup defensive end obviously you don't want to spend a first or second round pick to take another one but there's nobody right now behind chase young and montez sweat unless you think casey two hill is the answer or you know i guess you could bring back ryan kerrigan but i'm not assuming that's happening and until it does it doesn't so based on any of that stuff i'll let you i'll let you pick what what, what's it what 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 if any of that interests you um, at, at this point as we're almost a week into free agency? Yeah, I, I think free safety is a spot that intrigues me a lot because of the signing of uh, William Jackson and how that could prospect, potentially change the defense. I know you wanted to talk about it in a bit. Um, but yeah, go for it. Um, for me, that, that signing indicates that I'm caught in a kind of in a trap with that one because William Jackson's a guy that plays a lot of press coverage and um, man coverage and, and is very good at jamming receivers at the line and taking them away and kind of matching the number one option and trying to negate them. Um, and that is not at all what Washington did last year, that they were a heavy zone coverage team. They played a lot of cover three, they played a lot of quarters and, and Jackson can do that kind of stuff, but to pay him, the amount they're paying him to then turn around and say, yeah, we just want you to play in zone. We don't, we don't want you to use your, the strength, the reason why we've paid you this much money would seem like a waste to me. So that to me suggests that they're planning to play a little bit more man coverage. And if they are planning to do that, they don't really have a free safety that they can trust in the middle of the field. Um, Maybe they think that's cam curl. Maybe they think that 
when when he came out, he was a corner that transitioned to free safety, and maybe he can play that center field spot. And that and that was potentially what I thought, but he was kind of more of a two high guy at that point anyway, rather than a, a single deep safety. He was kind of a two deep safety, which is um, a little bit less taxing um, athletically. Um, and so maybe they think Cam Crow can rock back there, and Landon Collins can fit in at strong safety, but. I think Curl was so good at strong safety this year, you'd want to keep him there. Um, and, and Collins certainly isn't a guy you want playing free safety regularly. So um, I think that is the spot that kind of intrigues me the most as to whether they can find a, a free safety with range to play single high coverages where he's the only guy back there and he stays on top and is the last line of defense. Um, and if they can, then that would indicate that they are probably trying to transition to a little bit more of a, a man coverage defense. Um, and that would make more use of Jackson and, and make that signing make a lot more sense. Um, so free safety is the, the big one defensively other than linebacker. Um, and you mentioned offense. I certainly think a case for a left tackle could be made. I, I don't necessarily think you want well, another. Hold, hold on sorry. for one second. Well, that's all right. There you go. We'll, we'll come back to that, but I just wanted like just to stay on the, on the secondary for a second. Um, so just to go to the free safety part. So right now, so like one of the things Rivera has said is when it comes to free agency, obviously you want to get best players you can get, but it's all, you know, with, with price points and you don't want to blow your budget and, and, you know, teams prefer to build through the draft and so on. But part of his reasoning is you want to get your roster in a good enough shape. So you're not feeling overly desperate at any position going into the draft. And I think I could just say that like, based on now having done what they've done with Curtis Samuel in particular, I think they're feeling pretty good about their draft situation that they don't have to necessarily go do anything. Although I think you and I would argue that linebacker, I, I think their plan yeah. is to get a linebacker would be pretty obvious, but everything otherwise they're, they're feeling pretty decent about everything. Now at safety, you've got DeShazer Everett who, you know, came in and did give them a spark um, a little bit as a hard hitter. I don't necessarily know if in coverage he was all that. And then Mark is shaking his head as if, as if to say, Ben, are you serious? Don't even, don't even like pretend. <laughs> and then you have Jeremy Reeves, who, um, you know, I think was okay. If you look at uh, pro football focuses, uh, numbers on safeties, he actually rated pretty high in the limited time he played. But we had on recently uh, Ben Baldwin, um, you know, a, a guy who I'm sure you're familiar with, um, and, and this guy, he was basically saying with pro football focus, he likes their stuff but not for the back seven. So basically eliminate those numbers. So my sense is that they don't, that they view that like Reeves and Everett would sort of be like, I'm saying there's some depth there. They don't make me feel completely having to panic, but there is a reason to get, to get an upgrade. Um, you, you mentioned Cam Curl there. It is interesting, right? Cause I, he could be the strong safety of Landon Collins is either not ready to go, or they just say, screw it. <laughs> you know, we think Cam Curl's better and we'll just have to figure out how to deal with that. I think that seems unlikely. I don't think you can bench Landon Collins fly it out and I don't know where else he would play him but there then there's the free safety thing you mentioned and there's also like he could just be playing a lot as that buffalo nickel that he was playing before the injuries happen in which case he would still then need a free safety um I, I'm going to throw out a, a couple scenarios here w what about this one okay so I'm looking at the free agent board like what's left um you know like everybody wants to say Trey Boston, go get that guy because of the Carolina ties. My guess would be if they're interested in him, I don't think it's much. And it would be like post-draft after they see what sure. the world looks like. And there's probably some other guys like that, but there's a bunch, there's a ton of cornerbacks still on the market. Like a lot. If you look at any list of the top free agents, whatever, cornerbacks are all over the place. So Mark Bullock, what if I tell you this? Could you sign a cornerback? effectively either to be the third corner pushing Moreland back. I don't know what you think of him or the fourth corner in the Moreau spot, but really that guy will actually be playing more on the outside because you play fuller either more in the slot or at free safety, where we know in the past people have wanted to put him there because of his skills. Could that be a way to address the position, taking advantage of the available talent in free agency and what you have on the roster? Yeah, I, I can see an argument for that. I think a lot of it depends on exactly what their plan is to schematically for the defense. Um, because Kendall Fuller isn't a guy you want playing single high coverages. Um, he, I, I think he's incredibly intelligent um, and he's, he's not a terrible athlete by any means, but he's someone that suits the more the two high coverages um, where you can play quarters or you can play a deep half in a, in a Tampa two. Um, or he can kind of bracket a receiver 
um, and there's potentially a, a, a way that you could have fuller free safety um, and do kind of what the Patriots used to do a few years back where they had they had three safeties they played a lot they played Patrick Chung close to the line of scrimmage defending tight ends and that could be your cam curl um, they had uh, Duran Harmon was the free safety that sat in the middle of the field and he's actually a free uh, free agent so in theory they could sign him or a Trey Boston or anything like that and he's kind of the third safety that plays in nickel and, and he sits in the deep middle um, and then they had Devin McCourty who had specialized roles for each game um, and that's something Kendall Fuller could do is that Devin McCourty role where sometimes maybe he's playing deep half or a deep quarter or even maybe in the middle of the field um, every now and again um, but also coming down and bracketing the opposition's best receiver and the thing the Patriots would do is they would put their number one corner on the opposition's second best receiver and they would bracket the best receiver with the second corner and McCourty um, and that would that way they would have a, a double coverage on the top receiver um, and then they would use their best corner to take out the second best receiver um, it, and he had no help he was just one-on-one -on -one. Um, and that way you negate both the top two receivers by playing a form of man coverage with with a bracket help for, against the top guy um, so in theory, if Washington wanted to go down the route of playing Kendall Fuller as a safety, um, and signing a corner, as you suggested, that is a path that they could use to get there. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's particularly likely. Um, I, I would think based on what we've seen from Del Rio and from Rivera, Rivera has been more of a pure cover three quarters zone coverage kind of guy. And, and Fuller could play the quarters coverage at free safety. I don't know if I trust him as the deep safety in cover three constantly. Um, I certainly wouldn't trust him as the deep safety in Del Rio's more preferred man coverage schemes. Um, so I, I, I think that would be out of the equation for me in those situations. But if you wanted to do a copy of what the Patriots used to do, as I say, where they had a kind of specialist role for uh, corner safety hybrid type which is what Devin McCourty was and, and kind of what Kendall Fuller is then that is potentially a way you could go about it um, and as you say you could find one of these better corners that are on the market rather than one of the safeties and, and potentially fill it that way but you would still need the deep safety to play over the top and that could be someone cheap like a Trey Boston or as I said the guy the Patriots used Duron Harmon he's out there um, so I don't hate that idea I just don't I don't see it as the path they're going down. I, I, I think it's probably going to be more pure cover one or zone coverages. Um, and for that, I don't think I would, I would want Kendall Fuller at free safety regularly. Um, all right. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't personally like the idea of like, you just signed this guy to a big four-year contract to play corner. So I don't like the idea of like, well, now we're going to go just move him over here necessarily um but like i said i'm just trying to look like how do you how do you get the the best players on the field and if they do add another cornerback man there are a lot of guys out there and i'm trying to think like you can't it's if you're viewing jimmy moreland as the third guy how do you i'm sure a lot of these guys want to if you're going to sign a one-year deal they're going to want to get maximum playing time and sure. that's not like you know i'm sure other teams were looking at ronald darby last year but probably nobody else was offering him the opportunity to basically start um the way washington did so uh, that would be one way almost to get a better player if you think you can justify moving uh, Fuller to a different spot, um, whether it's like I said, the slot more or 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 at um, or at safety. Um, all right, so I I, I still like uh, I don't know I'm, I'm I'm somewhat intrigued by that and yeah the cam curl thing is fascinating because like I said I just it's just you can't cut Landon Collins obviously they haven't they're not going to. But um, we don't also don't know where he's at with his with his recovery. It's a, you know, an Achilles injury is pretty serious at this day and age with sports recoveries from injuries. I just assume they're all going to come back in pretty reasonable shape. I mean, forget just your standard injuries. I mean, what we just saw with Alex Smith yeah. blows the mind, and that was a, as serious as it comes. So uh, I'm assuming Landon Collins will be back now. You know, does he lose a step or whatever? That's to be um, that's to be determined. Uh, do, do you have any thoughts about so if 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 they switch the defense to a way that you're thinking they might based on the Jackson signing, does that make any difference for therefore keeping Fabian Moreau? 
because at the moment, like I said, the only three cornerbacks you really have are Fuller, Jackson, and Moreland. You have Danny Johnson on the roster, but he didn't even play one defensive snap last year. Greg Stroman is back. He's looked okay at times, but, you know, at the same point, it's kind of, you know, he's been hurt yeah. a lot. And, 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 and whatever Cole Luke is on the team, I mean, I think they arguably need, you know, one, if not two more corners, but Moreau would be an obvious guy, but he's not even listed of all the, if you look at the list of the best players available, he's not even listed among the next like 10 cornerbacks, but he was here. So do you think that that, if there's a change, does that change anything for how they might view Moreau? Sure. I, I think if, if they are planning to switch to more man coverage schemes, um, that would suit Fabry Moreau's game a little bit more. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, he is better as a kind of press corner um, at the line of scrimmage and, and playing man uh, rather than sitting off and playing in zone. Um, and, and we saw that a little bit last year uh, when they got, when they played against some receiving tight ends that were kind of more receivers than actual tight ends, but they were labeled as tight ends. Uh, Moreau would come in and, and kind of play press against them and, and match up against them and, and did a, a solid job. So perhaps that is someone that they could see and go, well, we're planning to play more man coverage. We know Moreau. Um, we've had him for a year uh, and we can give him a little bit more opportunity. Um, so perhaps he is someone that they could look to get and, and he could come relatively cheaply. As you say, there's a lot of better corners on the market than him um, and none of them are getting huge deals yet. So um he certainly could be an option that they look to. Um, and then uh, that would give them more depth. I, I think Moreau is fine. Uh, sorry, Moreland is fine as a third corner. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about him in the slot. Um, in zone coverages, he's fine. But uh, in man coverage, I feel like he plays better. Certainly in college, he played a lot of man coverage um, on the outside. And then that was when he could be a little bit more aggressive and he could use the sideline to to help him take away the the two-way goes people have on him in the slot. Um, so he might be a little bit better suited to playing outside uh, and, and maybe Kendall Fuller could kick back inside as you have suggested. Um, but I, I don't mind more than as, as a third corner. I, I, I just not hundred percent sold on him being the slot guy, uh, especially if you're planning to play more man coverage. Um, but I, de- I, I agree, they, they definitely need another corner. That They don't have enough depth there, and you can have a lot of corners. And people on Twitter were yesterday were saying that they should go and get Kyle Fuller. Um, and I, I understood that to a degree, but it was a lot of money to be investing in the cornerback spot, um, give, especially, you know, as, as you mentioned, they gave Kendall Fuller a big contract last year. They've given Will Jackson a big contract this year to then go and give plus Landon Collins is already on the books for a, a, a significant chunk this year to go and then give Kyle Fuller a, a, another, what was it, 10 million or 9 million that he got this year um, would be tough to, to balance the books. So um, they, they need a cheaper corner and, and they need more depth. But I don't necessarily think uh, they have to go out and sign a, a top of the market guy unless they can get them at a really good value and then and either fit them in the slot or push Kendall Fuller inside in nickel packages. Um, but I, I think you're starting to, we're going to be Fuller outside and Jackson outside. Um, and I don't think, as you said, the guys that they, they could sign on a one year kind of prove it deal um, like Ronald Darby last year, they're, they're going to be wanting to have a good chance to start somewhere. And even though teams play nickel uh, a lot more than they do their base package, like the corners are still going to, want to play in base package as well and, and maybe maybe as you mentioned Kendall Fuller could play some free safety in base packages but if they see if teams see that as a weakness then they'll just line up with two tight ends and force you into base defense and attack that weakness so I I, I don't see that being a, a, a likely path for them to take um, for sure and uh, yeah, by the way I like what you said about Kyle Fuller, like this is one of the, my frustrations when people like we talk about these things because expectations are so out of whack. And like, I know people on Twitter want to have, like, want to think that they're having a reasonable conversation or, or express their opinion. And obviously everybody can have an opinion. I'm not arguing that, but like you have to keep things in check. Like I, I know for 100% fact, people are getting sick and tired of me constantly saying on this podcast and on Twitter that if Washington is going to sign a free agent receiver, 
they can't just go willy-nilly spend all the money on some big name because you, you have to factor in that you're gonna have to pay McLaurin at some point and if you're gonna pay somebody else more money than him on the team like that doesn't make that that's that's weird like you're gonna have to pay him to be the highest paid guy on your team almost unless you're getting you know uh the best receiver you know, Julio Jones or something right yeah. um and you, you have to be reasonable with 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 the money and so my that's the point of like it, it it's irresponsible when people just say, go get this guy. And I'm not talking about a fan per se, but just in general, it's irresponsible to keep saying that because it sets false expectations and it's not realistic that you're going to go get Kendall or Kyle Fuller on top of the, all the other stuff because they just made this investment. I also, for that example, they're not going to spend a first or second round pick on a corner. And if they can get one of these guys for a good deal, that's fine. But yeah, they're not going to give anybody significant money to go do this. Anyway, that that's the whole reason to keep these things in mind. It isn't just about... It's, it's in fantasy football. You got to you got to be realistic with what's um, with what's happening. Um, so quickly here, as we're talking with uh, our friend Mark Bullock, uh, just uh, some of the other things. Tight end, man, they really have yet they have not addressed that at all. It is Logan Thomas, and then a bunch of randoms that they had from a year ago. Yep. Obviously, I honestly have not really studied the draft enough to know. There are some interesting names in the draft. I don't think it's a particularly deep class, but you know, you could always in theory go that route. I thought they would last year. They did not. Um, <laughs> so we'll see Jeremy Sprinkles a free agent. I mean, if they bring him back to me, that's a sign of they just didn't really like anybody in free agency, but at the moment, maybe they don't. Um, offensive line. Let me just ask you this quickly, because I think that's the other position that could be in play or, or the other unit that could be in play at, um, at 19, hypothetically at this point. So let me ask you this. If I tell you that they bring back this is their this is their group next year on the offensive line. Cornelius Lucas, uh, Sadiq Charles or West Schweitzer left guard, whichever one you want. Chase Rue, Brandon Scherf, Morgan Moses, then the Scherf or, or Schweitzer. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Charles or Schweitzer coming off the bench. They just signed Tyler Larson in free agency. You have still have Keith Ismail. You have David Sharp, and let's just for argument's sake say Cornelius. I'm sorry, um, Darren Christian is the last lineman. That's bringing back essentially the same group. Are you good with that? I'd be okay with it. Um, I, I I really like where they got to with four out of five spots last year. Um, in the end, I, I think after the fiddling around with the injuries and um, benching Wes Martin for Wes Schweitzer, um, when they found that combination of Schweitzer, Rulier, and Sheriff inside, I think that was very solid. Um, and they passed off stunts and stuff in well in the passing game and they created a lot of movement in the running game, particularly in the zone running game. Um, and that gave them a, a fundamental base to work from in the offense. Um, I think Morgan Moses was pretty good at right tackle. Um, Cornelius Lucas was okay at left tackle. I, I think people are, I think there is a, there's a feeling that Cornelius Lucas can be their guy for a couple of years at left tackle. I, don't agree with that. I, I think he was fine, um, but in big moments late in the games, he gave up a lot of pressure um, when, when teams really attacked him. Um, he gave up a lot of pressure. Um, and, and when when you when you're in those big moments, you need your left tackle to be able to sit on an island and block the best pass rusher. Um, and too often Washington were having a, a tight end like Logan Thomas chip him. And then that, that takes away from what Thomas can do uh, from a, a route perspective and, and where he can go. Um, or they'd have a back come out and chip him. And, and we know how much the backs, you know, um, are involved in this passing game. So that again, limits what they can do. So to have to account for what Lucas can do uh, and, to provide him with as much help as he might need in key situations, you're then taking away from the offense as a whole um, from a passing perspective uh, in like critical, like third and five situations. Um, and then that's where Washington haven't had to worry about that for so long because Trent Williams was so good. Um, so Lucas was fine. And if they go into the season with Lucas as a starter, because they didn't like a left tackle early on and, um, they they couldn't find another guy then that it's fine he'll be okay uh, and they can do the things that they need to do with with chipping and play action and all that kind of stuff to help slow down the pass rush then that's fine but it's not ideal and it will limit the offense some um 
I, I would certainly be looking at a left tackle early. Um, I, I, at 19, uh, Christian Darasol is a guy that I have watched, and, and he's someone that um, has been linked with Washington at 19 quite a lot. And he's someone that has the athleticism to really fit on the offensive line with what they've done so far um, with the with the other four that I talked about. Um, so he's someone that I like, and I think he would be a good fit. Um, but if he's gone earlier, which I have a feeling athletic tackles like him tend to go a little bit earlier than, than they necessarily get linked. Um, and I remember Trent Williams in his draft, people didn't expect him to go anywhere near the top 10 when uh, in January. And then by the time it got to the draft, he was being drafted over Russell Okun, who was um, the, the consensus top tackle. So um, I, I, I feel like Darisol might go out of range with him, but if he's there, he would be high up on the list of guys I would look at at 19. Um, we, we don't need to overthink this one, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you try to read the tea leaves. If you think there's something here, give me your Twitter size answer on this. They signed the only offensive lineman they have signed as a new player is Tyler Larson, who is a center slash guard, another Carolina, former Carolina guy. Do we think that says anything about their plans for Sadiq Charles? Because if Sadiq Charles is viewed as a guard, you now have inside beyond Scherf and with Schweitzer plus Charles, plus they drafted Keith Ismail last year, plus Wes Martin. If they view Charles more as a tackle, then Larson could fit in there. And then at tackle, maybe Charles is either the, you know, either he's the starter or, you know, or he, or he's behind Lucas. And now they don't necessarily have to draft a, a, a tackle in the first or second round because they view Charles as the, the guy. Do you think the, the Larson signing tells us anything about anything or is it like, are you serious, dude? He's like a guy who loses depth and just call it and who knows. I, I don't think it's nothing, but I don't think it's anything big at the same time. Uh, it made me question more whether they thought Keith Ishmael could play guard. And then that made me think, where's, my, where's Martin's spot on the roster might be under threat. Um, so uh, Sadiq Charles is kind of a wild card because they have to see him healthy more than anything else because we haven't really seen him healthy and, and, when, when he finally got healthy, they tried to plug him in at left guard rather than give him a shot at tackle when Garon Christian was playing okay, but by no means was he irreplaceable at left tackle. Um, so I, I would like to see Charles get given a shot at, at left tackle. Uh, I think he has the feet to handle it out there, but um, maybe they feel like he's not technically good enough to handle the best fast rushers and he'd be better off inside where he's a little bit more protected from that. Um and certainly it seems that way, given that when he did see his action, it was at left guard. So um, I, I kind of feel like that's where they're headed with him. It seems to be they view him as a guard and maybe that's where they're, they're going to keep him for the foreseeable future. All right. Uh, we're going to get to the quarterbacks here in one second, but I just was thinking this on the fly. I'm going to give you some roster decisions to make five months out, put you on the spot. <laughs> Don't overthink it. Just give me, just we don't have to just like yeah you know whether it's a yep. yes or no or just pick the guy we don't have to overthink this wide receiver okay so they, they they signed Curtis Samuel you've got Terry McLaurin Curtis Samuel I think Cam Sims is a borderline roster lock they just gave him they picked up his tender and obviously he played well at the end of last year and yep. Antonio Gandy Golden they spent a fourth round pick on him a year ago and you know he obviously didn't do anything as a rookie because of the injury primarily but you'd imagine he's good if they keep six you still then have Stephen Sims Kelvin Harmon Isaiah Wright um am i forgetting somebody uh i mean then you have like your jeff bedettes of the world and then obviously they could draft somebody but of those guys if they keep six one of them can't stay on the team so who do you got steven sims kelvin Harmon, isaiah wright do, uh, do you think two of them make the team or would you even say only one of them makes the team because they're going to draft somebody uh i think there's a good chance they do draft someone to play outside uh, if they use samuel as a slot like i do um and and then then you're probably looking at maybe keeping one of the interior guys. I, I think they probably like Harmon, so they'll probably keep Harmon. But then then there'd be a battle between Stephen Sims and Isaiah Wright. And personally, I feel like Sims has more upside, even though I know most of the fan base is out on him. So I'd probably look to be keeping Stephen Sims uh, just because I think there is untapped potential there. Right. I, I have Harmon ahead of the two of them as well. Because I always remember the hit, you know, he was a really good blocker down the field. And I think that's one of those like subtle things that if you're looking at the deeper guy on the 
on the depth chart. Um, the, 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 you know, can they do something specific? I think that's the thing. And yeah, I agree. I would, if you, Marty Herney's track history, track record is he drafts a running back or receiver pretty high in most drafts. And I don't think they're going to draft a running back. I mean, I didn't think I they would draft him. Right. Yeah. I didn't think they'd take Gibson last year either, but you know, it's sort of different, but anyway, so yeah, I would imagine they draft a running of receiver pushing two of these guys off and I would have Harmon as the lead, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see. Um, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, Casey Tuhill, is he the primary defensive end backup next year? No, I would think James Smith Williams, who they, they drafted in the seventh last year, showed something, some bit of potential to be a rotational guy that can play on the edge and kick inside a defensive tackle every now and again. Um, so I would say him over Casey Tuhill, but uh, I think they probably add one more guy there as well. Does Caleb Brantley, who's also coming back from an opt-out, uh, obviously we haven't seen what he looks like, but on the assumption that he was the guy he was before, is he? does he make the team when you consider you've got at defensive tackle, Payne Allen, Ioannidis, Settle, you just mentioned Smith-Williams can play inside. So Brantley was a guy that was on the roster before, different staff. Is he making the roster now with all that stuff and knowing they probably still need to get another defensive end? Uh, probably not the final roster, no. He'll be around in camp. But I, I, I'd be surprised if he made the final roster over any of the other guys without having one of them traded away for whatever reason. Would you like to project who the next long snapper is? <laughs> I have no idea of long snappers. All right. Well, all right. Well, you'll you work work on that for your uh, for, for your next film breakdown. If you do a film <laughs> breakdown of long snappers, I will both applaud you and be very concerned for your for your mental <laughs> well-being. By the way, let me just ask you this, and I will, and then we'll move on to quarterbacks. I have no idea if you ever look at these things. Do you ever look at they'd been moved on from Nick Sunberg and we're all kind of like, well, it just seemed like was a the guy was there forever. And what like, do you ever look at the long snap, the snaps? I mean, unless it's like an obvious, like you know, we we can all see it in real but do you ever look at them and think, boy, it balls too inside, too hot, too whatever? No, I, I certainly not long snappers, no. I, I I tend to skip over most of the special team stuff when I'm watching right. film. I usually go offense than defense. All right, fair, 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 fair enough. I mean, I think there was some Hopkins is obviously his his percentages went down last year. They kept him and moved on from the long snapper. I don't necessarily know that these two things are one hundred percent in lockstep, but part of me does wonder if there's something there. Obviously, Sunberg was a bit all hurt last year. He's also all long snappers are old. If you look at the list of them, they're all in their thirties. The, the the guy from Dallas who they just cut was forty. Um, so yeah. it, it's not an age thing at that position, but. Just wondering about that. Um, all right. Lastly, quarterbacks. So uh, breaking news, they, 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 they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you got Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's the starter. Okay. I know there's going to be this quarterback competition talk. Uh, Taylor Heidegger, Kyle Allen would have to be less light years ahead, better than where we saw them for them to, for Fitzpatrick, not to start, but okay, fine. Uh, then you have Allen and Heineke. I, the reason I was confused by why they signed Fitzpatrick on day one, isn't that he was, wasn't arguably the best guy you had available in terms of 2021 it's that with Allen and Heineke you already had two guys with starting experience they clearly like Rivera clearly likes Kyle Allen and they didn't have to go ahead and sign Taylor Heineke as quickly as they did they clearly wanted to lock him up I think if Taylor Heineke is not signed by Washington he is still a free agent at this minute so they they clearly like them the money won't preclude they don't make enough money that would preclude them from adding somebody else they could easily, I mean, Kyle Allen could be released for nothing and, and Heineke's minimal, his money is minimal. Um, yeah. That said, I'd be stunned at this point if they actually draft a quarterback. And I know there are people out there going, well, wait a minute, Ryan Fitzpatrick sets you up for this year. Clearly you draft a quarterback to groom him, groom with him. No, I don't think that's clear at all. In fact, I would be surprised and stunned, frankly. Now, if at 19, pick one of the five quarterbacks you like is actually sitting there, they may have the decision to make. But as it stands, it doesn't feel like any of those guys are going to be there based on how the boards are going. And I don't think Washington is sitting there going, well, what if? So I think they're, I think any idea they're going to draft the quarterback is off the board. In addition, everybody knows I say draft the quarterback in rounds four through seven almost every year. This is not one of those years because they seem to like Allen and Heineke. I'm not arguing that somebody isn't better, but at least you know these guys can play in the league. A fourth to seventh round pick, it's a lottery ticket, but the likelihood is that guy doesn't make the league. So I, I think you stay with three guys that you know can play. You hope that one of the two younger guys maybe develops 
and then figure out next year, next year. I'm not saying that's ideal. I'm just saying that's where the reality is. But you tell me, did you like anything I just said? Or do you think I need to uh, check with a medical professional? <laughs> uh, no, I agree. Uh, I, the, the signing of, uh, I, I've told you, I think, about this privately, that my, my philosophy with drafting a quarterback, um, especially if you're sitting at a spot like 19, if you love a quarterback, you go and get him. You trade up for him, um, and you don't risk missing out on it. Um, you don't do what Washington did with Dwayne Haskins, which was sit at 15 and let him fall to you. Um, because to me, that suggests you're okay if someone else goes and drafts him ahead of you, if someone trades up ahead of you or one of the teams ahead of you drafts him, you're fine with that. And if you're, if it's a quarterback that you really love, you shouldn't be fine with someone else getting him. You should want him to go, you should want to go get him because it's the most important position. And if you think he can be the guy, then that sets your team up for winning far better than any other draft pick does. So for me, I, I never liked the idea of sitting in the mid-teens and waiting for a quarterback to fall to me. Um, so I would disagree with you slightly that if someone were to fall to them at 19, that then they might think about drafting a, a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance if they were to fall to 19. I, I would disagree with that. I would say if they like those guys, go up and get them and make sure you get them and don't risk missing out on them. And I would say that's still true now. If they love one of those guys, go up and get them and make sure you have them on your roster because you think they can be the guy. Um, the signing of Fitzpatrick to me suggests that they don't think that one of those guys is, they don't love those guys and, and they don't think one of those guys is going to be either available to them, like within a reasonable range of being able to trade up in the kind of eight to 12 range um, or they they just don't like any of them enough to think that they're, they're going to be the guy um, because Fitzpatrick isn't the long-term answer. Everyone's right on that. Everyone knows he's here for a year, maybe two if he plays well, but he's mainly here for a year. Um, but he's getting uh, $9 million or $10 million, whatever it was. If you are planning to go and trade up for a quarterback, why would you give Fitzpatrick the $10 million and, and have this rookie quarterback sit behind Fitzpatrick and one of Heineke and Allen? Why would you not let Heineke and Allen battle it out for the starting job until the rookies are ready to play? Um, and, and then use that $10 million that you're using on Fitzpatrick to build up something else on the roster. Go get him another receiver. Go get him a, a, go get a linebacker or a safety in free agency that can fill the defense and make your team better. Um, for me, this move was indicative of they don't see a quarterback that they love that they want to go up and get. So they're going to allocate some resources to the quarterback position and, and say Fitzpatrick can give us the best chance to win this year. And then we'll kick the can down the road for another year. And next year, with a hopefully more well-rounded roster, we can deal from a position of strength and be even more aggressive to go find our guy. Yeah, and, and I, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, and just to sort of the, to build on that, one, I think last year, and I said this a lot during the season or early on, when Dwayne Haskins was in there, they were running an elementary school offense. I mean, Scott Turner couldn't come close to using the full, the full book that he wanted to. They were pretty limited what they could do. Once Kyle Allen got in and then went to Alex Smith, they were able to do, I'll let you determine how much they were able to do, but like they were able to do a lot more. And they, obviously Scott Turner was getting pretty aggressive with some of those trick plays. And I think the point is that even with all the limitations they had last year, including Alex Smith, not clearly being a hundred percent physically, they all, the offense looked more uh, showed more potential there. Now a guy like Fitzpatrick, who's uber aggressive, um, you know, he's got his own quirks and, and maybe we could have Mark on at some point during the summer to, to do a fuller breakdown on Fitzpatrick. But in terms of, you know, he'll throw the ball down the field. He'll give them the opportunity to do whatever they want to do. That's important. You don't just do that and then complicate it by more by drafting somebody in the first round. Again, you could if you didn't have these other two guys. But if you think Kyle Allen can play as Rivera clearly does, you don't release a starting quarterback. That, that, that just is not how this game works ever. And they obviously, again, think they like Heineke. Um, and I agree with you generally. I don't like – a quarterback at 19, it really means that this guy is probably a third-round pick, but because it's the position, everybody's going to overdraft them. We see this time and time again. Guys like Christian Ponder come to mind. Um, but I also just think that they probably have to live in a world where they can't guarantee that anybody will be there, regardless of whether they like or not, so they have to build around it and, and hope. Um, by the way, just to that end, and I – curious at what you think here but I assume the same I you know I've been talking about 
prior to the Fitzpatrick signing that to me, the best of both worlds is, do you like any of these broken toy quarterbacks, your, your Winston's, your Mariota's, your Trubisky's, your Sam Darnold's, Teddy Bridgewater, if he's sprung free. If you do, and you think your coaching staff can fix them, go get that guy because uh, that guy could be your guy for this year and the future. Obviously they didn't go down path. Now, Trubisky signed with the Bills. Maybe that coaching staff can do for him what they did with Josh Allen. We'll see. Um, Bridgewater still with Carolina. The Jets aren't going to do anything with Darnold until much closer to the draft. I guess they decided they didn't want to wait. Um, and Mariota still with the Raiders. Even if Mariota gets sprung free, there's no way he's coming here. I don't care what his age is. It makes literally no sense at this point. He is not going to agree to come here because because I saw people on Twitter trying to talk me into this. In order to bring him here in a way that he could be here for more than one year, you would have to give him a contract that's beyond one year, which is then weird because you have Brian Fitzpatrick here. So, like, you're going to have this guy here not play him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you just gave Fitzpatrick money. That's not – none of that is, is happening. It is Brian Fitzpatrick. It is Kyle Allen. It is Taylor Heineke. Now, again, if, if Russell Wilson becomes available or Deshaun Watson and those guys call up and say, we'll do it for – something that they think they can do. Okay. But I mean, that's, that's not happening either. And I refuse to even engage in those conversations. So <laughs> these are your quarterbacks. They're not signing into these other random free agents. These are these guys, by the way, Steven Montez is still here. I, I'm not saying he, that's a thing, but like, you know, they spent a year with him and I, my sense is they, they, they remain intrigued by him, whatever that means. So you, you, we could just say yes or no and move on with life, but you agree with me that there's no, they're not bringing in any free agent, no matter how much we all might've liked any of these guys two weeks ago. No, I, I, I think they are pretty set at quarterback. All right, fantastic. Um, Mark, you uh, are, are, are doing a great job over with your with your Substack page. Is there anything that uh, people you've, you've, you've got either coming up or, or something you've got there that, that people uh, that's already there that people should uh, want to go uh, take a look at? Sure. The uh, Last week, I, I did a, a breakdown of each free agent signing, so Fitzpatrick and, and Curtis Samuel and, and Will Jackson. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see this week whether Washington makes any more moves, um, even if it's for the kind of second or third tier free agents. Because um, last year we saw that they they landed uh, Logan Thomas and JD McKissick around this time, so um, maybe they can find another uh, diamond in the rough there with with that kind of second wave or third wave free agent. Um, and and if so, then I'll have more posts this week on on that kind of guy. Um, and then. Hopefully, you know, in weeks or week or so's time, uh, when free agency's kind of dried up, we'll um, we'll close the book on that and, and move to the draft. And I'll, I'll be doing draft profiles of uh, a bunch of different offensive tackles, linebackers, wide receivers, tight ends, and and the free safeties, the kind of positions of need as we've gone over, um, and uh, try to find out who is a uh, is a good fit for Washington. All right, so go check Mark. Uh, you're already following him, I'm sure, on Twitter, but he's at Mark Bullock NFL. He's updated his bio to include his Substack work. You can go follow that, markbullock.substack.com. I'm going to yell at Mark to update his pin tweet because it's about Marcus Mariota. I think we can move on from that. So um, so, so, I'm here to just help Mark uh, Mark in his, in his world. Um, dude, I really appreciate it. Thanks, as always, for talking X's and O's with regards to the Washington football team and uh, – you know, I hope we'll, hope we'll see you in whatever haircut you have at that time uh, in the near future. Of course, anytime. Always fun. All right, there you have it. Uh, many thanks to Mark Bullock for his time. Thanks to you guys for checking out the podcast. Again, we'll have uh, at least another podcast this week. I've got a guest I'm, I'm excited to talk to. But, you know, I don't like saying in advance because you never know. The, the world is weird, right? You never, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, look, if there is a significant move to be made we'll jump back in here with a you know uh, an instant reaction podcast uh hopefully uh but i don't like i said not sure i anticipate that happening but you never know the world is crazy and uh you know maybe they get a good value on somebody that i wouldn't think and and that uh, you know becomes a worthy a, a worthy uh conversation to to have either way there's plenty to talk about uh this roster the draft is coming up. Lots to get to. So excited to keep going. Thanks to you guys again for checking us out here at the Standard Room Only podcast. But that's it for now. Until next time, see ya.